What is going on, you guys? We are finally live. The Blooper Boys podcast is here, live on Twitch. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm ZStone95, and I have Mooch22 down there in the south. Mooch, what's up, baby? That's going. What's going on, ZStone? That's right. Your boy in the heart of Marietta, Georgia, just 15 minutes from the baseball capital of the world, in my opinion. That's Truist right. Park here, your home of the World Series champion, World Atlanta Braves. <laughs> How you doing, Z-Stone? I'm good, man. Hey, it's cool to finally bring this thing to Twitch and, and see what we can do with it. So today, guys, we're going to do something pretty cool. We're going to, first of all, thank you guys for tuning in, first of all. And uh, we're going to dive into uh, the National League East today, some predictions, all that kind of stuff, and uh, just see what we can get into. You guys are Free to ask questions uh, in the chat. We probably won't respond, obviously, because we'll be in the heat of our discussion. Uh, but feel free to throw some questions in the chat. Hey, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this team? Whatever. And we will uh, we'll have a question segment at the end, and uh, we'll run through them and answer them. But we're going to hop right into the National League East uh, starting here. So we're going to start at what we both, uh, Mooch and I both, presume to be probably – the bottom of the division with the Washington Nationals. They're coming off uh, a 65-97 and 97 season. Not a very good season. Um, had Juan Soto as an MVP finalist. Other than that, it was an interesting campaign. They traded off Trey Turner, traded off Max Scherzer, and unloaded a bunch of guys, unloaded Kyle Schwarber, and they finished almost at 100 losses and last place in the division. Yo, Stone, I think I lost you there for a second. You good? Yep, I got you. Cool. So we, they did finish last in the uh, in the division, but uh, what are your thoughts on them, Mitch? Yeah, you know, last year, the Nationals, you look at the lo- the the roster from the, the 21 team at the beginning of the year, and I don't know if anybody was pro- projecting them to, to lose almost 100 games. I mean, you look at the names. They had Scherzer. They had Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, you know, Strasburg, uh they had enough dudes to compete on that team. And like, you know, they're only two years removed from that 2019 world series title. So it's kind of hard to believe that two years ago they were hoisting the trophy and, and and now they're almost losing a hundred games. I would expect more of the same uh, this season. It kind of seems like they're kind of in between trying to rebuild, but also trying to compete at the same time. They still have Juan Soto, you know, he's two years, uh, two years prior to his big contract uh, for, agency years so you know he's going to be he's going to be feasting at the plate trying to earn as much money as he can as he as he approaches free agency um but but going to that point it's like with Juan Soto he is my NL prediction for MVP I think if you look at the guy all he does is hit they add Nelson Cruz to give him a little bit of protection in that order as well you look at his numbers last year and is Josh Bell really the guy you want behind Juan Soto protecting no. him? I would I would walk Soto all day to get to Josh Bell. Yep. Um, so you got you got Cruz in that lineup now, sharing up the the lineup just a bit. But I just don't see enough enough depth for this team to compete at all. Um, a bunch of bunch of young players. I see Kiebert Ruiz. They got in that Dodger trade for Scherzer last year. You know they'll have Gray, Josiah Gray, pitcher coming up who showed flashes last year uh, after the trade. But I just I just don't think they have enough firepower and, and enough depth at all to compete. I think it's going to be another uh, another ninety loss season for the Nationals. Yeah, and it's, I think 
80 to 90 losses is pretty, pretty on point. Um, my big thing with them is going to be their pitching. I think Patrick yeah. Corbin is open, uh, is projected to be the opening day starter. Um, that's not, that's not who you want on the mound, uh, in yeah. an opening day. Uh, as far as the lineup goes, they've got a couple. I mean, they got Juan Soto, they got Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell. Josh Bell is going to be a big part of that. If he can play like he did in Pittsburgh, I think they'll they'll be better, but they're, they're still not going to be. I don't think they're still going to cut it. Uh, right. They did get Caber Ruiz. I think you know he's going to come into his own as a prospect. He's still learning. I think he got thrown out there way too early yeah. in, in Washington, but you know that's part of the trade. That's why they that's why they got him. You know, yep, exactly. Got the guy playing time. Other than that, I mean, the pitching rotation, like you said, great. Another prospect like Ruiz, you hope he's good, but you really don't know. You don't know what you got in him. The bullpen, not good. Not good no. at all. Um, no. And I think that's going to be the downfall as well. Yeah, they might be able to put some runs up, but is the bullpen going to be able to to shut the game down? And I don't exactly. think they will be. No, I, I I agree. You're looking at the bullpen names right now, and it's I mean it's a, it's a hodgepodge of names. You got Will Harris, who's bounced around from team to team. The only name, the notable name I see in there is Steve Ciszek, uh, with his funky sidearm delivery, who could give some people some trouble. But you know, with Eric Fetty, who had success against the Marlins last year, that was pretty much the only team he could shut down. I just don't see them, even with having leads in late into the game, they just don't have enough to shut down some of these lineups that are in the NL East. There's just so many top heavy hitting lineups in this division where you got to have some back end strikeout shutdown guys in your bullpen to be able to win these games and in, in clutch situations and i just don't think they have it no but i mean hopefully you know and i think they i think they have some more pieces too i think i mean when you look at it i think strasburg's on a pretty lengthy contract still yep and is that a guy you you throw out there for trade i mean yeah you're gonna need some more prospects because I don't think they're—I I could be wrong—but I don't think their farm system is that stocked. So yeah, I—I I don't think it's totally—it's not as—it's not what it once was. That's for sure. I think that's why they made that Scherzer trade last year too to kind of rebolster some of those those young players. But like you said, they could be sellers at the deadline again if we see, uh, you know, them trending towards another losing season like this. If they're not in the mix for one of those wild card spots, I think they could possibly look to sell Strasburg to a contending team, maybe try and get some prospects back. Um, but outside of him, you know, I don't think they're going to touch Soto there. No. He's, he's looking at a $500 million contract potentially. And I don't see anybody else on this lineup that you could even really get prospects for. So it, it, mm-hmm. you, you could, you know, you, you look at some of these young guys, I'm, I'm not enticed by any of them. So you, could, I th- you might get something for Josh Bell or Nelson Cruz. If, if they're where they need to be, if they're below where they need, I mean, nobody's going to trade for them if they're not back where right. they should be. Right. Especially, you know, Nelson Cruz, like you said, he got dealt at the deadline last year. Um, but you saw when he did get dealt, um, you know, it wasn't the same production that he had in the first half of the season. Um, so I think I think the Nationals are in for uh, another rough, rough ride. Washington fans hate to say it. Yep. Moving up to the fourth place spot, which is going to be debatable. I think I, I have the Phillies in the fourth place spot. Hot take, controversial, whatever it is. <laughs> um but we're going to go with the Marlins here. Um, 67, 95, finished last year, best for fourth. And uh, baseball, Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball, still the uh, still the manager down there. Jeter, yep. of course, out as the CEO. Really good pitching from the Marlins. They've got a lot of, lot of prospects in the pitching department, which is mm-hmm. kind of the recipe for success. Um, 
And it could, I, I think that's where they could get carried to a yeah. third place finish in the East. I mean, you got Sandy Alcatra, Trevor Rogers, Pablo Lopez, Eliza Hernandez, Jesus Lazardo. And then outside of that, you've still got Sixto Sanchez, who will be, I think, one day a very good starting pitcher. Will it be this year? You don't know, but could be. You know, yep. that's a that's a pretty good rotation. The bullpen, again, bottom of the barrel, bullpen, and that's going to be the key. I think their bullpen is going to be the difference between third or fourth place in the East because the lineup isn't looking bad. You got Miguel Rojas, who is definitely serviceable. Jazz Chisholm, Avisel Garcia, newly acquired Jorge Soler, who they gave the bag to, uh, Jesus Aguilar, Jesus Sanchez, Brian Anderson, Brian De La Cruz, and then they went and got Jacob Stallings from the Pirates. Not a bad lineup. You got a lot of power in that lineup, but you're playing such a big part. You know, are you going to be able to, to get those runs for those guys and for those pitchers? Yep. Exactly. You know, I, I look at the rotation, like you said, Alcantara is coming into his own, super young. This entire staff is young. I mean, yeah. you you look the whole team you look is. at their the whole team. You look at it one through four. Alcantara, future all-star. Trevor Rogers, 2021 all-star. He had a hell of a year. Pablo Lopez, who always seems to give the Braves fits with with that loopy curveball that he's got. Uh, and then you look at, you know, like you mentioned Sixto Sanchez. He's been battling the elbow injuries. I'm hoping that he can well, for, for the Braves' sake, I kind of hope it doesn't happen this year. But, you know, you, you wish him the best with his injury luck because um, he's got nasty stuff. He's got mm-hmm. top of the top of the rotation stuff. And if he can come back in the beginning or the middle of the year and kind of shore up that ro- back into the rotation that already has Jesus Lazardo, um, who reports from this spring are saying his fastball is touching 98, 97, back where it used to be when he was an all-star with Oakland. So, I mean, this rotation can definitely carry them to make some noise in the NL East. I like that, that bold prediction of them you know maybe finishing third maybe you know a little shortened season luck like they had in 2020 maybe sneaking their way into a wild card spot if they can get enough uh offense and and whatnot but you know like like you said let's look at the let's look at the lineup a lot of power bats i see solaire aguilar brian anderson you know and in that big ballpark, I think you got to have a little bit more versatility. You got to have a little speed and uh, guys who can track down the ball in the outfield too. You, you know, I don't know how I feel about Jesus Sanchez being my starting center fielder in that big old bar, ballpark down in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think we just look at the pitching. This pitching's going to carry them. They're super young, only going to get better. Uh, it, it's going to come down to the bullpen again. I think with these bottom teams, like we've said, there's so much offense and there's so much depth offensively in this division. You've got to have some guys who can shut down innings late in the ball game when you do get these leads, because um, wins are going to be—they're going to be hard to come by this year for for all teams. It's yeah. just—you look at this division top to bottom. You can make a case this and the AL East are the two best divisions in baseball. Yeah. Um, but I, I like what the Marlins are doing. You know, they're young. They've got a, a deep farm system. Shout out to their general manager Kim and. Forgive me for probably pronouncing her last name wrong. Um, the only female GM in Major League Baseball is doing a hell of a job down there, mm-hmm. acquiring some young pieces. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what this team can do. I, I, is it going to be one of those things where we see them off to a hot start and the youth and and the depth kind of catches up to them in the second half of the year? I think that might be the case. Um, that's why I have them fourth this year. Uh, what are they going to do at the All-Star break? That's another question. But, you know, they've got a lot of good pieces here. I like what the Marlins are building. Absolutely. I, I, 
I think they I think they get more than sixty seven wins this year for sure. I think they finish somewhere around the seventy five eighty mark. Yeah. Uh, with that pitching, as long as it pans out, you know that's going to be the key. If you can pitch, uh, I mean, you could say that for every team, but for this team specifically, that's kind of wide in the bat department. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of potential in the bat department. Don't get me wrong. There's there's some big guys in there that can can go off. Absolutely. But, you know, it's going to be Jorge Soler is no longer you know the fourth or fifth best hitter on the team. He's one of the better hitters they got. So, Absolutely. you know, how's he going to do carrying that offense? Yeah. And Soler, you know, historically Soler has been somewhat of a streaky kind of a home run or nothing kind of guy. I yeah. think the last few years he's, you know, he's, he's always battled some injuries over his career, but when he's hot, there's not a, there, there might not be a better power hitter in baseball. He showed that in the postseason last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man can just flat out hit the baseball. And another name to look for this year, taking the next step, Jazz Chisholm. One yep. of my favorite players Can't to watch. Cannot wait to watch Jazz. One of the swaggiest players in the MLB. He's got the he's got the waffle cone glove. He's got the chains. You know, he's Euro stepping to home plate after he hits his home runs. He's just one of the one of the fun players to watch down there in Miami. And I, I think he's gonna he's gonna bring a lot of eyes to this team. Absolutely. So speaking of bringing eyes, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies got a lot of bats. They don't have a lot of pitching. They don't have a lot of pitching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This lineup, however, is, is pretty solid. Uh, coming off an 82 and 80 season, definitely a letdown in terms of you know what the expectation is in Philadelphia. Joe Girardi at the helm for his second year, coming off of a, an MVP. They got an MVP in Bryce Harper. You know he's going to come off of that season. Is there going to be any help around him? You know, they got Zach Wheeler. He's their ace. You know, that's cool. Yeah. But you got Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez. Uh, Those guys are going to have to to pick it up. Uh, Nola was a shell of himself last year. Yeah. Kyle Gibson, serviceable at best. Right. Ranger Suarez showed a lot of flashes. Um, But, you know, they're going to have to be consistent because you go to LA or you go to uh, New York and you go to Atlanta. Those guys can hit. They're deep. Yep. One through eight, one through nine. They're deep, you know. And they get to add another hitter this year in the, in the DH. The pitching again. I know it can be said for everybody, but their pitching and their bullpen and their defense again could be what holds them back. I totally agree. Um, totally agree. They got the Cy Young runner-up and Zach Wheeler. Uh, at the top of that rotation. And and after that, like you said, I mean, Aaron Nola last year kind of got exposed. I think unless he kind of finds his, his strikeout pitch, uh, you know, I, I, I watched Nola last year and I see a lot of two strike counts, a lot of two strike hits out of him. Just can't really find a way to put guys away anymore. Kyle Gibson, as soon as he got traded from Texas, wasn't even close to what he did in the first half last year. No. He was an all-star last year and he gets yeah. to Philadelphia and kind of the wheels just kind of fall off. Um, but let's talk about Ranger Suarez for a sec. I think this is a guy who, who can uh, he's going to get a lot of chances to pitch this year. You yeah. know, he, he came in last year, finishes with a one, three, six ERA yeah. and 39 appearances, um, 106 innings from the guy. Uh, he's one of the more fun and electric pitchers to watch, in my opinion, on this Phillies team. Um, if he can take the next step, I think they have a chance to make some noise as far as their rotation goes. Um, maybe Zach Eflin comes back. I know he's injured right now and can give them some innings. But I look at I look at the rotation. Who's going to give them the innings? Like, yep. if, if they can't get enough 
if they don't get six innings out of these guys, you look at the bullpen. Granted, they did add some pieces. They sh- they shored up the bullpen a little more than it was last year. You know, mm-hmm. you bring in Corey Knable to, to be your closer. Jose Alvarado comes back, who's a, who's a very serviceable setup guy. You bring in Brad Hand and Juris Familia. Uh, how much are they going to provide you? You know, Familia's got nasty stuff, but he's kind of been all over the place. And and I saw recently Brad Hand, his first pitch of spring training for the Phillies, gave up an absolute bomb on the first pitch he threw. <laughs> so so what, what are you going to get out of those guys? Um, but Z-Stone, for a second, besides the pitching, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this lineup because they bring in Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos to an already – pretty power filled lineup. Yeah. Uh, what do you think those two guys are going to provide for this team? Well, in a hitter's park like Philadelphia, I mean, that that's a launching pad. And you bring in two more guys that are capable of hitting 30 apiece and uh, they're going to hit. I mean, yeah. bottom line, they're going to hit. Yeah. Um, Gene Segura's very serviceable contact leadoff hitter. Schwarber, we know what he can do. We know what Cassianos yeah. can do. We know what Harper can do. Um, I think it's going to rely a lot on Reese Hoskins and JT Real Muto yep. uh, to be kind of their the guy that carries them. I mean, Real Muto, kind of a down year last year. Always a good player, but down year. And Hoskins, pretty good year last year. Yep. But he's going to take. A, I don't think he's at that level where he's expected to be. I just don't. Right. I don't. I don't think he's there. And the record shows that. Yep. You know. The, the record proves it. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats from last year. You know, they're they're uh, they're a power team. They're a boomer bust. A lot of these guys are boomer bust. You're looking mm-hmm. at 100 plus strikeouts from Bryce Harper last year, Alec Baum, Reese Hoskins, Real Muto, Schwarber's a high strikeout guy, Castellanos as well. He's a big power boomer bust guy. Um, but they have four all stars in this lineup from last year. You look at you look at their the middle of their order two three four. You're going to have to deal with Schwarber, Harper, Real Muto, Castellanos. I mean, the middle of that order is going to be really, really tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Um, but something you said earlier, you know, defensively, what a nightmare. Yeah. What a nightmare. And I think, you know, that's boiled up into one play in spring training. I think it was Reese Hop- Hoskins dropping a routine fly ball to first base. Yep. I mean, it, it's it's only going to get worse. You got some dudes that you probably got three or four guys in this lineup who probably – are better served as DHs who are going to mm-hmm. have to find spots in the field. And if postseason baseball as a Braves fan has taught me anything, defense really wins championships. Mm-hmm. You look at the Braves last year, how many plays did we make in the playoffs to, you know, stop a big run? Mm-hmm. I look at the Eddie Rosario catch uh, against Altuve in game game five. You know, it's just there's so many things that you can point to defensively. Yeah. And I, the Phillies just aren't going to be able to make enough plays. Nope. Uh, I think I think they will be better. I think they finish somewhere on the 85 win mark, but I think their defense and their strikeout rates are going to kill them. Um, yep. Hopefully the bullpen's better. I think, it, I mean, they got the names, right? Well, yeah. what the names are going to pitch up to their standard, totally different thing. Mm-hmm. I think they go over 82 wins this year. I think they yeah. do. I think they're good enough hitting wise to do that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the pitching and defense, especially the outfield defense, is, oh my gosh. is going to haunt them. I mean, they go down to Miami. Good luck, yeah. I guess. Good, good luck. I mean, you do have you, you got Bryce Harper, MVP, Gold Glover out in right field, but you're telling me the rest of the outfield is going to be cast a form of Castianos, Kyle Schwarber, and Oduble Herrera. I yeah. just you got to have something more than that. Yep. But uh, hey, I got a question for I got two. Let me ask you two questions about this Phillies team. Okay. 
So we have a Johan Camargo signing from uh, from Atlanta this past offseason. Does Johan Camargo get a hit this season? <laughs> he is coming off, and I can't even believe my eyes when I'm when I'm looking at the stats. The man oh. hit point zero 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 last year. He did not get a hit in the 2021 season. That's that's wild. Uh, it's I think, remarkable. I think he I think he will get a hit. That's a very that's a very Easy I would hope so. Over, I think. Yes, I think. I'm hammering the over. I'm putting the house too. on yeah, the over for sure. Uh, but th- let me ask you one more thing. Last question: Has Alec Baum touched home plate? No, no, he has not. No, no, he, he never not. did. He never did, and I and I'll never let that go. But uh, see, here's me. the thing. Here's the thing. This right here makes that irrelevant. Yeah. So we're good. Yep. We're good. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, I'll, I'll look down at my ring when I'm thinking about bump missing home plate and, and getting called safe. But at the same time, you know, they're watching us in the postseason the last some odd years. I, mm-hmm. I want to say the Phillies now have the longest postseason drought in Major League Baseball. That's which wild. Is almost hard to believe, especially you look at the last four seasons. Typically, I mean, they've they've come into September with you know, maybe either a lead or they're, they've been within three or four games of making the playoffs and they've missed four straight yep. uh, postseason. So it's how do they finish? <laughs> do they have enough defense? It's going to be a fun team to watch, but yeah. uh, this is, this is one of those teams. We're just not really going to quite know what they look like until the middle of the season. I think. No. Going up into the two hole, at least for us right now, I think you got to have the Mets. Um, yep. What a team on paper, wow. what a pitching staff on yep. paper. Uh, but we know how the on-papers go for the Mets. Um, That's right. Not very well. Yeah. Carlos Carrasco, at the bottom of that rotation, and Taiwan Walker, what are you going to get? Yep. You probably you know what you're going to get at the top three, DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, um, but what are you going to get? You know, Syndergaard leaves. No more Thornton in New York. <laughs> uh, no more Baez. You know, Conforto is gone. Strowman's gone, Bjorn's gone, gone Beltances, yep. Mamilia. But they've restocked, so to speak. Yep. Scherzer, Bassett, they traded for Bassett, obviously. The lineup, good. Very good lineup. Brandon Nemo, Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, who's looking to get back to Francisco Lindor. Yep. Uh, Pete Alonso, Robbie Cano, Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, uh, who they got from Milwaukee. Yep. James uh, Jeff McNeil. Who's going to have to get back to his former self? Yeah, and James McCann. Great lineup on paper. Um, yeah, what's it going to be? You know, is it better than Philadelphia's lineup? I don't think it is. Yeah, but they're definitely going to be better in the field. They're, they're definitely a better fielding team than no Philadelphia. Um, but the, no the rotation, the Grom, probably one of the better pitchers ever. I've ever seen in my lifetime. Uh, I mean, that's for I, I sure. Think, I think it's fair to say at this point, Max Scherzer, big question mark. Yeah. For a I, lot of money. 43 million buckaroonies right there. I mean, I get it. Yeah. You, know, you got to go for it. But that's a, that's a big number for a guy who just got to the postseason and said, my arm's dead. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Scherzer last year and the biggest the biggest situation of the season and arguably in his career outside of the World Series and he's got a tired arm and he can't pitch. 
I mean, you're committing $43 million to a guy like that. I'd want a little bit more security. I'd want to be a little bit more sure about what I'm getting. And if I'm spending $43 million yeah. per year on a guy who's on the back end of his career, the, obviously that, the back, back end of his career. Yeah. I mean, obviously you look at Scherzer, he's been one of the most dominant arms, dominant pitchers since he came into the league. Um, but you just you got to think at some point he starts to decline. And is this the year that he does it after he gets this huge contract? It may be. Maybe he has one more good season and then you kind of see the decline after that. But, um, you know, props to Steve Cohen coming in and spending money. I, I like to see the Mets at least trying to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think a sneaky pickup for them is the hiring of Buck Showalter, you know, yeah. a very established manager. It's his first season in New York. I saw a little piece um, regarding Keith Hernandez in spring training. And yeah. Just the, as whole, well. the whole dynamic t- between Keith Hernandez and the f- Mets front office over the over the last decades Wild. has just been atrocious, Wild. right? And so Buck Showalter shows up and, you know, Keith Hernandez has not been allowed to watch Mets batting practice for 20 some odd years, I read. And yeah. Buck Showalter shows up. He's like, Keith, what's going on? Like, why aren't you out here? And he's like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not allowed to be. They don't let me. So he shows up on the golf cart at spring training, picks, picks up, up Keith. And it makes a point to show everybody, <laughs> hey, this guy is a part of this organization. Yeah. I'm the manager. He's riding shotgun with me. Yeah. I love that kind of leadership. I've always been a Buck Showalter fan. I think that's what the Nets, the Mets need, yeah. you know, a little bit more of not necessarily. I mean, he is old school. Don't get me wrong. They got a bunch of young players who I think are going to are going to perform, but they need someone at the top that they can look to who can lead them to finish these seasons. Cause you know, the Mets are going to met. That's the, that's the the saying, right? What are they going to do at the end of the year? They, they have all these great starts. And last year you look at it, they were leading the division almost the entire year, yep. almost the entire year. And then towards the end, it was just a complete debacle. So, you know, I think the on paper, like you said, the rotation's got to be best in baseball on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, Taiwan Walker, all-star in the first half last year, got hurt. He's been battling some injuries. Uh, Chris Bassett, we know what he did in Oakland. And, and you know, DeGrom, it's, if he throws with, like he can, he could win an MVP by himself. Um, so we're going we're gonna to find out if these new bats, they're going to put a lot of emphasis on these new guys to perform. Marte, they committed, you know, I think three, or what was the Marte? Four years, $78 million. Mark Canna, two years, $26.5 million. Escobar, two years, $20 million. These guys are going to – they're expected to come in and perform right away. So, um, you know, I'm looking for a lot out of this Mets team. Uh, 77 wins last year. I definitely see them being over 500. I would expect yeah. them to be around the 88 to 90 win mark and probably steal one of those wild card spots as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a team you don't want to see in the postseason. Some, no. teams are, some teams are built for, you know – long-term success regular season postseason i think that's what the braves are set up to do this yeah. mets team if you see them in a postseason good luck that's all i gotta say yeah i mean that's a mess of thing that that rotation the one through three you know possibly the one through five depending on how it shakes out is really good so yeah. the question for me with the show walter hiring i feel like at this point that they were trying to keep Degrom in New York, yep. Uh, I mean, he's coming. This is his contract year. This is it for him. You know, another bad you know Met season. Degrom's somewhere else. Yeah, for a lot of money. Obviously, it's going to take a lot of money. Right. But the guy is wasting, or has been wasting, 
prime years of his career. He got to one World Series, obviously, but yep. the guy is, has been lights out phenomenal, best in baseball. The Mike Trout pitching, or the Mike Trout of pitching, so to speak. And yeah. he's got nothing to show for it. Nothing. And it's 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 miserable to watch, first of all. Yeah. It's, it's just a fan of the game. You know, as a Braves fan, we're kind of like, whoa, thank you. But, <laughs> you know, you, you want to see the guys that are good be good. You know, you don't, you don't ever want to see, you know, it's like Harper. You, as Braves fans, you say what you want about Braves. He's a phenomenal baseball player. Absolutely. Right. And the game is better when DeGrom is pitching healthy, when yep. Shohei's healthy, when Trout's healthy, Harper's healthy, all these guys. And the more, I mean, we, the whole issue with the lockout was competitive teams. Not right. the whole issue, but th- there was a lot of it. How competitive can the Mets be finally? Can they put it all together and make a run, first of all, yep. be consistent and, and and be good enough to keep Jacob DeGrom in New York? Yeah, that's the, that's a huge question. I mean, he's he's 33 this year. Um, like you said, he's still, I would say, in the prime of his career. He was more of a late bloomer. DeGrom, you know, came out of Stetson as a shortstop, converted mm-hmm. him into a pitcher. And what, a, I mean, shoot, whoever, whatever coach said, hey, you need to be a pitcher and stop, stop playing short, pay that man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's just they finally have the lineup to get him some run support. This you look at his run support numbers over the last three or four seasons. It is abysmal. How many more wins could this Mets team have, have gotten how many more playoff appearances if they could just hit the damn ball when Jacob deGrom is pitching, like he's going to give you the best innings out of anybody in baseball. Um, His ERA last year was 1.08. His whip was sub one. It's unbelievable what he can do. Um, can they score enough runs? Um, exactly. And can Max Scherzer back him up? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that one-two punch, though, I mean, it's as dangerous as they get in baseball. Um, I think we also got to touch on Edwin Diaz. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of flack. Sneaky good season last year. The man had 32 saves, you know, a 1.05 whip. The ERA was 3.4, so you, you kind of ideally in a closer role, you want to see that get down a little bit. He was 5-6, and six, which means he blew a few saves, but – 32 saves from Edwin Diaz, who came over from Seattle and was supposed to be the guy. He's had a few down years, but that's a guy with with lights out stuff. If he can get back to to his ways where he was in Seattle, I think that that bullpen could be uh, could be bolstered. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to the first place projected first place. That's right. Um, World Series defending champion Atlanta Braves. Yeah, you know, he won the World Series that? last year, so you know <laughs> you got you got big shoes to fill. But I want to touch on that first. You know, yep. defending a World Championship, yeah, is unbelievably difficult. So difficult. I and mean, when's the, when is the last time Z-Stone that a team has defended a World Series? It's been a long time. I think it was the Yankees, oh, wasn't it? I think it was back in the early two thousands. Yep. So it's unbelievably ridiculously hard, and we've had some really good baseball teams not be able to go back to back. Yeah, I mean, that's just a testament to how hard it is to do. And with that being the case, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this team right now. You know, they're good. Everybody knows they're good. Right. But they're not the same team that they were last year, Uh, mainly because of the departure of the cornerstone of your franchise. And it's 
you know, every you can say, oh, we got better than Matt Olson or Matt Olson's, you know, the same productive players. Matt, and you put the names out there: Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson. Right. You're gonna ninety percent of the baseball world is going to take Freddie Freeman. Oh yeah. You know, it takes your it takes the guys who you know look at the stats, look at the analytics to see the trend that Olson right. is on. He's on an uphill trend. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But he's not Freddie Freeman. No. And, you know, he's from Atlanta. That's great. But he's not Freddie Freeman. No. And that's okay. We're not, you know, I right. like when he got on the on the podium and said, hey, I'm going to be Matt Olson. Exactly. Well, well thank God, because you, <laughs> you need to be. But yep. it looks, I mean, it's the first time in a long time that you're not going to be seeing Freddie Freeman in a Braves lineup. And that itself is hard to get over. Yeah, it really is. I saw his his press conference wearing the Dodger blue, and I saw Charlie wearing his Dodger hat. You see him Homer in spring training, and he's he's jogging around the bases in that in that just god awful Dodger jersey. And you're, it's almost like you can't believe your eyes. You've seen this guy yeah. for 15 years, the, the most consistent part of your franchise for the better part of two decades. Yeah. Um, who who a lot of younger Braves fans it's this generation's Chipper Jones. You think they're yeah. going to lock this guy up. He's going to retire a brave. That number five jersey is going to be hanging, you know, next to the number 10, next to Bobby Cox, all those great Atlanta Braves legends. And it just didn't work out that way. It's unfortunate. It was a very weird ending to just a storybook team um, or a storybook career in Atlanta for Freddie. And, you know, if I'm him, I'm, I'm pretty frustrated with how my agent uh, handled this whole situation. Yeah. Well, Excel Sports, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll preface what I'm fixing to say with this. Different sides see it from different angles. You have the people who see what happened with, and they re, they listen to the Chipper Jones interview on 680, the fan, and they go, wow, Excel just botched the heck out of this. Right. And then you have the Freddie Freeman fans who are like, oh, they didn't pay him, or yeah. Liberty Media is cheaper, you know. I'll be very bluntly honest on the side of the fence, but I sit on, I believe the the cornerstone of the franchise. I believe number 10. Yep. I believe Chipper. I mean, when the guy, he's never lied and he's always been very blunt. Yeah. Um, and the, what he said about Alex Anthopoulos, we know to be true. Oh yeah. Very close to the vest kind of guy. Absolutely. But is going to come down and, and do business at the end of the day. It's not, you know, and there's emotional right. bias aside. We're going to do business at the end of the day. Exactly. And business this offseason was moving on from the cornerstone of your franchise. Yeah. And, and, you know, Chipper and Freddie's relationship, they have such a great, great close relationship. So for, for Freddie to say that regarding, or for, I'm sorry, for Chipper to say that regarding Freddie in this situation, talking about the GM who ultimately didn't resign him. And, you know, I think that speaks a lot to, like you said, I'm on Chipper's side on this. I'm on the Brave side. Like, as much as I love Freddie Freeman, just ordered that, you know, I just received my World Series jersey in the mail, like I said, about a month ago. Um, you know, I'm starting to get the feeling that, you know, his camp fumbled the bag. I, I think he had every opportunity to sign with the Braves. It didn't work out the way that Braves fans probably wanted it to. You never want to see the face of your franchise leave your team, especially after a World Series championship, mm -hmm. after, you know, a however long drought since the, since 95. I mean, it's a PR disaster, but I think we we handled it probably about as well as you could have considering the circumstances. Exactly. So let's move into 
the team now. Yes. We've got the, the controversy out of the way. Let's move into the team that will defend a world championship without, with or without, obviously without Freddie Freeman. That's right. Crazy good lineup still. Uh, some mean, guys that are going to be trying to prove themselves. Certainly. me Swanson looking at you. Yep. Um, <laughs> Marcelo Zuna definitely looking at you. Question mark. Um, but they, they've got the... They got the guys back. They don't have Jock. They no. don't have Jorge. Well, Eddie Solar or Eddie Solar. Eddie Rosario, <laughs> they bring back. Um, so the lineup, as of right now, still without Ronald Acuna, ACL still, whatever. Yep. Ozzy Albies, Eddie Rosario, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna, Adam Duvall, Dansby, Alex Dickerson, and Travis Darno. Still a very good lineup. Very, very strong. <clears throat> very strong lineup, lineup that you won a World Series with, minus, you know, you trade a couple guys, you trade Solaire for Ozuna. Exactly. You know, and you trade, uh, you get Alex Dickerson in there. It's the same lineup you just won a World Series with, obviously, and then Olsen with Freeman. Right. Uh, yeah. Career you, you look, at who, you look at who we lost, right? So, like you, were, like you were alluding to, you look at the losses, but then you look at the additions that we add to yeah. replace those guys. Freddie, you, you know, if we lose Freddie, we replace him with Matt Olson, hit 39 home runs, over 100 and some odd RBIs last year. You know, we lose Jorge Soler. What do we do? We re-sign Eddie Rosario. Marcelo Zuna's coming back to fill that DH role. He's going to provide some offense, assuming he gets back to his, his normal ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you lose Jock Peterson, who, you know, Jock did a lot for us. And yeah. he he's I don't see Jock as an everyday starter. I think his role, uh, he's a platoon guy. He mashes righties, but he's not a guy that if you lose, he is very replaceable. He plays yeah. average defense. He gives you a lefty bat option. But we went out and arguably signed, you know, someone who's right on par with what he can do. Alex Dickerson, who granted coming off a few down seasons um, in San Francisco, but uh, you know, he's proven that he is a very serviceable bench bat. He can platoon in the outfield. And it's just another one of those depth pieces. I think uh, that Alex Anthopoulos is giving us um, so that when Acuna does come back, our bench is going to be ready. We're going to be ready to battle. We're going to be battle tested for other injuries that potentially may happen. Um, I just, there's so much depth in this team and, and, and like I touched on last year or last episode, there's so much culture. There's so much mm -hmm. camaraderie. You're coming off. You're keeping the same core players that just won a title who arguably one of the main reasons for winning that title is just how close and mm -hmm. how much they loved one another. When it comes yeah. down to it, you heard Jock Peterson, they all loved each other. Yeah. Um, so I think keeping that nucleus together and just adding some of these fill-in pieces, we're, we're going to pick up right where we left off. Well, speaking of fill-in pieces, you got one of the best players in baseball coming back to your lineup. That's right. And, and that's going to be – it's crazy to think that they they won a World Series without the guy. And yeah. It really is. Um, but, you know, you, you throw him in the middle of this – I mean, that the lineup that we just went over is the opening day lineup without one of the best players in baseball. It's unbelievable. Okay, you get to May, you get that – you get that guy back. You get Ronald yep. Acuna back. Yep. So then, you know, you're one guy deeper, uh, way deeper. I mean, the guy's who he is. Right. It's, it's looking good. I've, I'm i excited mean, about the team, man. I mean, you, you put Ronald back in that leadoff spot. Come, I don't know. What are they saying? Are they thinking May? I May, know. Uh, yeah. May. I, I know he's probably, it. I wouldn't rush it either. God, no. Especially, you know, considering the, severity of the injury but you know 
coming off a knee injury, excuse me, you probably see him kind of slide into that DH role as he comes back. You don't want to rush him back into the outfield. That's why I love the Dickerson signing Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, when Acuna does come back in the lineup, if you don't want Marcelo Zuna out there struggling to play right field or left field, wherever he, wherever he winds up, you can throw Dickerson out there for the, for the defensive help and have, you know, Ronnie DH, he's at the top of the order and then, and then the rest kind of fills in. Um, but the name I'm looking at right now, we've touched on it, Marcelo Zuna and Adam Duvall. I yep. think Adam Duvall is the key. He's starting mm-hmm. in center field this year. Um, you know, if Acuna comes back and plays center, great. If he plays right, I wherever he ends up. Him, I don't think you ever put him in center again. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think they do either, now that you say that. Um, but Duvall's coming off a gold glove. People are asking, yeah. uh, you know, how is he going to do playing center field? The man can field the baseball. He can yeah. go out there and catch it with the best of them. He's underrated. He's got underrated speed and a hell of an arm. So, you know, defensively, Ron Washington leading the charge again with our infield. And and it's it, I look at it on paper, and I don't see any reason why we can't, we can't run it back. Yeah. Well, then, if you go to the – to the pitching. Yeah. You get better there too. Oh my gosh. You lost Chris Martin. Yep. Okay, cool. Let's go out and get Colin McHugh. Let's yeah. go get Kentlin Jansen. You know that? I'm good with that. I'm, I'm good hey. with that bullpen. I'm you know? okay. Yeah. Do you trade? You're telling me Chris Martin, the guy who just couldn't figure it out in the playoffs, giving up home runs to LA left and right. I thank you for your service, Chris, but I will gladly take Atlanta native Colin McHugh and give me Kenley Jansen all day. You know, he's, yeah. you know, like we talked about last episode, he is a little bit towards the back end of his career, but he's still got some stuff. I mean, he yeah. had 30 plus saves last year. He's, you know, he's from the same uh, country as Ozzy Albies from the same area. There's already that, that uh you know familiarity with some of our other latin players on the team uh you know not only is he going to be great for the bullpen and sure up the back end uh, i think it's going to be great for the locker room in the clubhouse mm-hmm. i mean he brings a lot of experience you know, oh yeah i mean kenley is probably the best closer of the decade right you, yeah it's, it'd be hard pressed to find anybody with better numbers the stats don't lie um, you know, you're also bringing in Kirby Yates, who's coming off TJ, coming off Tommy John. Hope to get him back in the middle of the in the middle of the summer, hopefully. Uh, and then Tyler Thornburg, who's who's somebody else who can come in and probably give us a few innings when we need to, when we need a little extra bullpen help. Um, the big question, pitching wise, for me is going to be the rotation. What do we do mm-hmm. with the four and five spots? You know, we got Freed, who coming off a just another unbelievable year charlie morton you can't say enough about the guy but he is 37 right yeah when does he start to decline he's he's had top of the top of the rotation stuff for so long but age does catch up to people uh you know i think we get at least one more good year out of charlie um and like i said last episode with ian anderson he is my dark horse cy young pick for this year i think he's gonna this is the breakout year for the 23 year old um but my questions lie in that four and five spots so who do you think who do you think we're gonna go with in the four and five spots i think right now you've got to go with uh oscar at least you got to give him a shot because before his injury last year he was fantastic absolutely um kyle wright i think this is the make or break year for kyle you know he's Number one overall, or not overall, but uh, first round pick. Yep. Hadn't really, he's shown flashes for sure. He was great in the World Series last year. Shown flashes, but can he put it all together for a consistent season and be a serviceable four or five guy or better? You know, right. 
So maybe I, yep. I'm going to err on the, on the under for Kyle Wright, yeah. unfortunately, right now, yeah. until he proves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fifth spot, barring a trade, is just wide open. I mean, it's you, you, Tucker Davidson, there's other guys down there uh, in AAA that yeah. could feel, fill that role. It, four or five are wide open, really. Yeah, certainly. You know, Noah is one of those guys last year who's having the best season of of his career. He goes out and punches a damn wall, breaks his hand. Who knows what would have happened to him if he could have just stayed healthy and, and controlled his anger a little bit. But yeah. um, like you said, Kyle Wright, I, I love what I've seen from him, especially in the World Series in such a high leverage situation to do what he did. Um, super impressed with him. Also, you know, Tucker Davidson has shown flashes, flashes as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's just going to come down to who can be the most consistent, who can give us enough innings. That's what, yeah. what we, the top three guys in your rotation, you're pretty sure are going to give you sp- six innings a game almost every single time they they go out on the on the mound yeah. it's the four and the five guys who you got to worry about can they give us to the, at least the fifth inning you get us five innings as, as a starter with this bullpen and yeah. we're up by you give us a one run two run lead we're going to be in great shape yeah. um i i just think it's going to be a matter of who can eat enough innings to get us into the to the later innings to where we're just going to shut people down with with our horses in the pen I mean, that uh, we can go back to the bullpen. Jackson, Thornburg, Mentor, Matzik, McHugh, Smith, Jansen. There's not a better bullpen in baseball. No. I'm sorry, there's, there's not. not. There's and, not. Um, I mean, when you look at what this team was able to do, uh, every guy, uh, I mean, Will Smith, kind of a blown-up 3.4 ERA. But yep. postseason, Will Smith, zero. Lights out. Lights zero. out. Tyler Matzik. He's Tyler Matzik. I mean, that guy. He's a legend. A legend. Yeah. So, Build the statue. Yeah, for real. But <laughs> they have the pieces. And, you know, it's it's can they get over this whole, the PR deal with Freddie Freeman. Right. Right. It's going to look a lot different. It's, gonna, it's not going to look the same as it did last year. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're still good. They're still, I think, the number one team in the East. I think they get over 95 wins this year. Especially Absolutely. if they can keep. Acuna healthy. The two guys I want to talk about before we wrap this thing up and get to questions is Dansby Swanson and Ozzy Albies. Yep. Ozzy with a good year, hard pressed to find a better second baseman in baseball. Yeah. Dansby Swanson misses his year. You know, his contract year. You know, you got everybody's already talking about Correa. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna you got Trey Turner coming on the market. Not that the Braves would go out and get these guys, right? But it's either it's do or die for Dansby. Exactly. I mean, you know, he's coming off a season where he hit 27 home runs, 88 RBIs for the shortstop, arguably his best. I mean, his best power numbers that he's ever put up. But the thing that I look at every every season with Dansby is the average. You look at a 248 average. Um, he's going to strike out. He had 167 strikeouts last season, which is only one less than Austin Riley, who I'm pretty sure led the team. Um, he's got to, he's got to put the ball in play more. He's got to get on base more because with, with his speed and his athleticism, he scores a bunch of runs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he's got to get on base. Yeah. You know, he, he's relying too much on the long ball, I think. And we've got enough big bats in the lineup to where if he can just get on base, you know, Ozuna, Riley, Olsen, uh, Duvall, these guys are going to knock him in. Yeah. Um, a little, I think he shores up the bottom of our order. But like you said, it's a contract year for him. And knowing I th- these players know who's on the market, they read this stuff too. You know, he knows Correa is going to opt out next year and test the market again. And and you know what? This he could make himself a lot of money this year if he yeah. goes out and balls out. And I hope he does. I'm a Dansby guy. Me He's too. an Atlanta kid. You know, I, just great for the city. You know, unbelievable guy off the field as well. Um, so I hope he performs. Uh, it's it, it would be a shame to lose Dansby, um, another Atlanta kid. But Ozzy Albies, what what more can you say about the guy? Defensively yeah. at the plate, he does it all. Yep, probably. I, Ozzy's one of those guys. I think he's going to get overlooked a lot because of Ronald. Yeah. Uh, and I think eventually, because of Matt Olson, I think Matt Olson's going to come into his own right. more as a face of uh, not a face of baseball. I don't think he'll ever be that guy. Right, but he's going to be good. He's going to turn into. He's already a fantastic defensively. Um, you know, yep. the numbers are going to. But Ozzy's a guy who legitimately is a thirty thirty guy. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd like to see him hit for a little bit of a higher average. Um, but yep. Ozzy. I think he's already the best second baseman in baseball. Um, but I think there's another step there, too. I think there's another gear oh, in Ozzy that he can really, really put some distance between that one and two spots uh, when it comes to second base. Yeah. The last guy I want to ask about, and I want, we can play a little over-under game here, is Austin Riley. Um, yes, sir. What a, what a year last year. Unbelievable. I mean, Unbelievable. the guy – could have, he made a he made an MVP case, for yeah. sure. Three oh three, looking at it now, thirty three home runs. I'm gonna call it now. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna take the under on the batting average and the over okay. on the homers. I like it. I um, like it. I, I saw he had a two home run game in spring yeah. training the other day. I mean, he's he's swinging it. The guy, he's he's already a good hitter, obviously, but I I think he. I'm not gonna say he lucked into a three hundred average, but I, that's that's high that's yeah. high for him we would love for him to be a 330 home run guy but i don't think that's consistently maybe right. it is maybe you know maybe he's that guy right um and i and we would all love for that but i don't think it's reasonable to ask for him to be a 330 home run guy i would right. love for him to be a 280 40 guy oh my gosh Can you imagine? i think that would be um uh, be great and i think you know, he's going to have somebody behind him, too. Yep. Because now you're looking at Marcelo Zuna hitting in the five or six hole. You can't pitch around both of them. No. You can't You can't pitch around both of them. And we, that's what I'm saying. When you get Ronald Acuna back, it's going to be Acuna, Rosario, Olsen, Riley, Ozuna, Duvall, Albies. Yeah. Their first, their first six. Are you kidding me? Austin Riley, man, I can't say enough about this guy. Not only at the plate, but his defense is so overlooked. He made so many plays in the field last year at third base. He's 24, uh, you know, still not even in the prime of his career yet. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, I feel like last year he really felt comfortable at the hot corner, kind of fell into his role defensively, uh, working with Ron Washington so much. Um, but here's my bold prediction for the year. I think the Braves have two top five MVP candidates this year. I think Ronald Acuna and Austin Riley both finish in the top five of the MVP votes. Nice. Um, I think I think Soto might edge them out just because yeah. – 
you know, he's going to, he's going to play, you know, Acuna's coming back from injury. I think Soto probably puts up better numbers. Um, But in totality, the two of these guys, I think will carry us top five MVP for both of them. Um, I'm expecting a monster year out of Austin, Austin Riley. I'm I'm going to up that a little bit. Okay. I think there's a chance. It's an outside chance, but I think there's a chance that you get Acuna, Albies, and Riley in the top ten. Ooh, man! I think I love it. It's, it's gonna it's the and then I think the the one that's up for debate, unfortunately, is Acuna. Right out of the three, I mean, coming back from an injury, we know what he can do. Obviously, right. is he healthy? How is he, is he healthy? And he's is he capable? Uh, which he, he's capable, sure, but right. an ACL injury is no joke. So absolutely, it's quite a quite a squad. Quite a squad. Kudos to Alex Anthopoulos for just being an absolute wizard that he is. You know, I, I don't think he's done either. I think we look to most likely, assuming, you know, barring anybody coming up and absolutely blowing us away out of that fifth spot in the rotation, I think heading into October, we got to have somebody else back there. I wouldn't be shocked if he made a splash at the deadline, maybe dealing Drew Waters for another, mm-hmm. maybe a, number, a two or three starter, maybe packaging some of these young guys. You throw yeah. in Kyle Wright and, and Drew Waters for maybe a number two or three guy in someone in a in a you know losing record team. Well, what's going to be gonna funny happen. is you're going to trade for a two or a three that's going to end up being your five. Exactly. That's it. Just goes back to the depth, right? And yeah. but that's what wins these World Series. You you, you kind of go back to the World Series against the Astros. Max Freed game one pretty rough first start, or in yeah. his first start pretty rough, right? You had to have these other guys step up. And, and pitch for you. You can't just get it done with your top three guys. Um, and I think I think and I got all the all the trust in the world in Anthopolis. He's going to put us in the best position to win these games. Uh, and he's not afraid to he's not afraid to go out there and, and make a move that you know people are probably on the fence about making. Uh, you know, he it's all business to him. He, the Freddie situation was a prime example. You know, he's not afraid to cut ties with somebody if it's going to better the team. And I and, and I love that about him. Yeah, I think you're when you're talking about Alex Anthopoulos right now, you he's a really good case, especially yep. coming off a of World Series. He's probably the best GM in baseball. He's got to be. That's sure it might be a little biased as a Brace fan, sure, but I mean, look at what he's done on paper. I mean, right. the contracts we have for the core nucleus of this team, it's wizardry. It really is. You know, he went out at the deadline last year, got who he got, got a world title, and then said, you know. Hey, my cornerstone in the franchise doesn't want to play ball, you know, contract-wise. Bye. Yeah, pretty you know, much. I, I'm in the business of rebuilding a baseball team. I'm not here to have emotional ties with somebody. Right. And when no. you have somebody who thinks, I'm not going to say thinks clearly, but thinks that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what you need. You Absolutely. Know, a lot of, how many GMs in that situation, you know, when Excel comes back and says, you have one hour to take two offers yep. for Freddie Freeman. Most GMs can be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Here. We got to do it. We got to do it. Yeah. So, you know, he, he said, all right. I mean, it's yeah, not in the best interest of our team. I'm moving forward. And the next day we get Matt Olson. Yeah. He's, he's not going to let anybody tie his hands. Um, he's, he's putting the team first in, in every situation. And that's the kind of GM you want, you know, Liberty media, the ownership, 
historically has always gotten flack for not spending money. So to put the to put the and granted we have spent a little bit more money here in the in the last few years, but to put together this roster with the the financial and the finances that Liberty Media provides for this team, it is just remarkable what he's done. Um, I didn't want to finish the podcast though. I do have one more question for you regarding uh, someone that we're probably not all thinking about right now. Do you think we get any production out of Mike Soroka this year? Uh, well, that's Dewey. I mean, that I know that's your question, yep. but the guy you want him to, right? Right. You know what he can do when he's healthy, right? But two AC or two uh, Achilles tears off Gosh. of your your loading right leg off the push the, off the, the push, push foot. foot. Yeah, uh, I mean. It's it's really, really shaky for me. Soroka, and it's such a damn shame because mm-hmm. he was the ace. He yeah. was the guy coming up. That first season he came onto the scene, he was electric as what? Maybe a, a 22, 21-year-old kid mm-hmm. mowing these guys down. You're thinking, wow, we got we got freed Soroka and Anderson. There's your Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin for the next decade. Yeah. Um, so to see him go down... Uh, not only the first time, but the second time. Yeah. And it happened the day of him taking the boot off of his of his ankle and the yeah. Achilles. You hate to see it. You know, if we can maybe get something out of him, if he returns midsummer, he rehabs and he can give us some starts in in September, maybe as we head into the postseason, maybe he fills a bullpen long long term relief role for us. Hey, it's even better. It's just the icing on the cake yeah. with Soroka, you know. Um uh, you know, you just you just gotta wish the best for him. Hope the rehab's going better than it did the the first time around, because Lord knows he took that boot off and popped it again. But uh, there's just there's so much exciting stuff going on with this Braves team. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited to watch this team play this year. I am too, and I in in Soroka's case, you know, it, it wouldn't be a shame, you know, to yeah. see because you know what he's capable of, yeah, and you know where he was heading had he been healthy and. Such a good kid too. Yeah. Just a really good, really good person as well. You know, uh, was a fan favorite. I'm wishing him nothing but the best. Absolutely. So I mean, but if you do get him back, there's your guy. There you know, we asked the question. You, you know, what do we do for a, a four or fifth, fourth or fifth guy? That may be your answer. It could be if you don't want to go out there and and spend in in the you know with your prospects at the deadline. Maybe you just kind of take a flyer on Soroka. Yeah, maybe, maybe you, you say, to. "Hey, let's let's keep the farm. Let's keep the 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 chips in in our in our. Uh, let's keep the cards on our side for when we need a deal, when we need to go out and get a bat or something like that, um, and, and save the prospects for the Soroka, Soroka move." So mm-hmm. you know, it's there's just so so many options with this lineup. There's so much you can do, and you know, I think Brian Snicker is going to have a fun job just managing this team. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. No, it is. It's going to be a great year. Good, good year for baseball too. Good Absolutely. year for the National League East. There's a lot of talent in the East this year, um, and I know we were gonna. I know we build this this <laughs> podcast as a NL and AL East podcast. However, we have decided tomorrow we'll be back again yep. for the AL East tomorrow. Um, time still TBD, I think, but we're right. going to run it back tomorrow, basically. Um, and and see what we can do with the AL East, which yeah. is exciting. So now, uh, if you guys have any more questions, let's let's get them in. But we're going to start here. Sauerkraut Keto. I hope I hope I got your name right. I just got the feeling that the Mets will met. DeGrom is leaving at the end of the year. Max is older. 
I don't think anyone is beating Atlanta this year in the NL East, but ultimately think the Phillies batting lineup can give the Mets fits. What say y'all? Also solid first episode. We appreciate that. Moose, what do you think about the Phillies taking the Mets? First of all, shout out to my boy Keto, one of the OGs. I appreciate you listening and tuning in, my guy. I love you. Um, but, you know, uh, the Phillies, it's it's definitely not far-fetched to say that lineup is can out, can out hit the Mets. Um, if you see DeGrom go down with another injury, if you see Scherzer miss some time, you're going to have to rely on Bassett, Walker, and Carrasco to, to bolster that rotation. And the Phillies are a team where they may not necessarily – uh, they're not going to be too many pitchers duels going on with this team, but they can now hit you. They'll mm-hmm. win some nine to eight games. They'll win some eight to six games. They're going to put up runs. So I definitely don't think that's out of the realm of the Phillies having enough firepower to compete for that second spot. And who knows if they can, if they can get enough pitching, um, I think they can make a run at that second wild card spot as well. Yeah, that's very doable. I mean, you're talking when you talk about the Mets and Phillies, they're they're one and two. Exactly, or, one know, and one, or two A and two B almost. Yeah, you could flip them um, either way. Right. I, I don't think the I don't think they beat the Braves. I don't. I just don't think there's enough talent there. Right. Um, I will ask you this one question, and this kind of maybe controversial take: Braves better pitching staff, Dodgers better lineup. I, I think you have to agree with that. I mean, I, as much as I want to say the Braves have the best lineup, one through nine in baseball, I even just hate talking about the Dodgers. But, I mean, it's it's an historical lineup. You look at the number of MVPs. You have Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Freddie Freeman, Clayton Kershaw. you got four MVPs in the last 10 years on the same team. When has that ever happened? Yeah. It's truly – and I'm, I'm mentioning – Clayton Kershaw, he's not what he used to be, but you know, one through nine at the plate, they've got. I mean, they're absolutely loaded. To lose Corey Seager and to get better, mm-hmm. how how is that even possible? Yeah, for sure. So the only thing with that, and we'll get into the National League West, certainly, obviously, before is there's there's some interesting things going on out there, but the pitching for the Braves, I think, carries them, especially if you get Soroka back. I mean, that's yep. kind of your your trade deadline acquisition as Chip Carey likes to put it. Um, that's going to carry them. If they do it so, again, that's going to carry them to another World Series. I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, I think this Braves team is, like I touched on earlier, some teams are built for the regular season. Some teams are built for the postseason. I think this Braves team is built for both. Mm-hmm. I think we've got enough enough depth to win possibly 100 games this year and the pitching to carry us through the postseason like we did last year. And, you know, it's it's an exciting time to be a Braves fan. I think there's so much energy for baseball fans all around the, the country just because of this lockout and how much anticipation there was and, mm-hmm. and getting a deal done. And, you know, it's it's going to be just a hell of a time watching this team go out there and hopefully repeat repeat the World Series championship for the first time and, you know, since the Yankees like we talked about. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, guys, we appreciate you tuning in to the second episode the first live episode on Twitch. Uh, like I said, we're going to be back tomorrow for the AL East, and then we will follow suit with um, the Central and the West. We'll probably combine the AL Central and the AL West. Yeah. Or the, the NL Central, A, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> this is just when we're talking about the Braves, it kind of gets drawn out, obviously, because that's that's what we know. can be a um, little long-winded. can be a little <laughs> long-winded for sure, but we appreciate you guys hanging in there. Tomorrow, we'll be back with the AL East, and then we'll get into the Centrals and Wests 
um, up before opening day. Um, we're both excited for opening day, I think, and we're going to look at doing some things um, with this live podcast. Yep. So, Mooch, you got any parting words? No, I mean, hey, for everyone that has tuned in on Twitch and has listened so far to the pod, you know, I've been getting some texts from some 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 friends, some Twitch OGs about them tuning in. We can't thank you guys enough. I mean, our second episode and to already get some of the support and some of the the nice comments that we've received, it it only makes us want to keep creating content for you guys, keep talking baseball. And I think me and Z Stone will tell you, we probably have more fun than anybody just shooting Mm -hmm. the shit, talking baseball, talking Braves baseball for you guys. So. I, you know, I am just so excited to continue to do this throughout the season. And uh, if you guys, if you guys do like what you're hearing, let us know, you know, mm-hmm. leave a comment, follow us on Twitter. We just put together the, uh, the blooper boys Twitter. Uh, we're, we're looking into getting our own Twitch page as well to kind of, um, you know, solidify ourselves on the platform. Um, so just keep an eye out. I would say follow us on Twitch, follow us on Twitter for all the updates on when we will uh, put out some episodes and, you know, glad you guys are uh, here for the, for the next 162. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait to see where things go, where the baseball world takes us this year. Hey, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in. This, uh, if, you're, if you're listening and you want to re-listen, uh, this episode will be on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast later today once I get everything set up and going. So you'll be able to hear it again. And uh, if, you're, if this is your first time listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast, uh, we appreciate you tuning in and we can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. That's right. Go Braves. Go Braves.